Right, um, good evening. First of all, thank you very, very much for coming. And also, thank you to Callie and to Rachel and everybody else that's helped bring all this together. Um, I just feel amazingly privileged. So, I wrote these notes, and I was doing them last night, that's why I was late getting back to my mum's in Chester. I said, I'll be back in a short while. (laughs) It never means less than about three hours, does it? And I looked at them, and I thought, hmm, I've left bits out. And later on, earlier on today, this afternoon, I thought, "Ah, I want to rewrite these, but it's a bit late. I'm bound to forget things. So I apologise if I do, but God knows what's in here, and he knows far more than is in here. And I thought, can I really just stand here and go through this list? It's not the best list in the world. It's not the best set of bullet points in the world. (sighs) Maybe I can remember. Maybe what's in here is actually more important. So who'd have thought a year ago, even seven, eight months ago, that I'd be standing here with you lot? (laughs) Well, you lot, you are brilliant people, actually. And one of the things I have to say is I have felt so welcome coming to Gateway. It's been a pleasure and an honour meeting you all. But seven or eight months ago, I wouldn't have thought this. So what changed? Well, I've known Phil and Rachel. Where is Phil? He's over there. He's at the desk. Hello. I've known Phil and Rachel and his family for 13, 14 years. Most more than Abigail's life more than Andrew's life, most of Dan and Tim's life. And I realise now that, oh, I must have made life so difficult for them. Here they are praying for me, day in, maybe not day in, day out, but I hope. (laughs) Don't make me feel any worse than I already feel. Um, (laughs) I didn't realise when I first met Phil, just and Rachel, how devoted they were to God and to Christ. And I met Phil through... Liverpool Astronomical Society, and I think the reason we chose one of the hymns tonight was because it spoke about the heavens. And apparently, I was one of the few people that spoke to Phil, he told me a while ago. That says something about some astronomical societies, I suppose. Um, I grew up in a Methodist home. We went to church every Sunday. Um, Dad taught in the Sunday school. And I stopped going probably, when I was about, what, 18, 19, 20 perhaps. And I've thought since, why? And I suppose the reality at that point in my life was I just didn't relate to God. And he didn't really relate to me at that point. So something changed. One of the things Phil did a few years ago, he set up Colossians 3.16, which is a, sorry, I'll try and speak more directly into this, Can everybody hear me, by the way? Can you hear me? Good. Um, He set up Colossians 3.16 to promote Christian music through the likes of Fatfish, Stuart Townend. And I've always enjoyed technical things like light and sound, and I started going along. Initially, from a technical point of view, and this is good fun, but I also started to listen to the music. And I began to think, there's got to be something in this. And now I look back, certainly over the last two or three years, probably more, 
I realize God has been gently bringing me toward him in a gentle, subtle, guiding way. And I think he must have got quite exasperated at times and eventually just grabbed me by the scruff of the neck and said, I'm here. And I did begin to question with my sort of Western scientific upbringing. I have, to, I have to know the reason for something. I have to be able to understand it. I have to be able to break it down into its component parts, its molecules. And if I can't do that, do I really believe it? Well, there's a wealth of evidence <laughs> to believe in, 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 in Jesus. There's a wealth of evidence to believe in God. And he's shown himself to me, and I'll come to that in a minute. But I really did begin to question If you look at it from a scientific point of view, what do we know about the age of the world? Actually, if you begin to look at it and don't just accept what is in the headline press, we're not very good at ageing anything. Is all this the result of chance? Where does DNA come from? I really began to question what science, if you like, told us about the world. And so I began to question that and I began to change. Now, last October, I thought, I've got a great week planned. Thursday night, Stuart Townend, doing a concert in the William Aston Hall. Friday night, Stuart, doing the same concert at the Anglican Cathedral in Liverpool. Saturday great passion of mine, he's disappeared, mouse, horses. I'm going to go and help at a Monty Roberts demonstration where he shows to people how you can work with horses effectively without using fear and restraint and intimidation. Fantastic. I never got to that demonstration and I'll come on to that in a minute. But Thursday night came and Thursday night went and it was great. At roughly nine o'clock on Friday the 23rd of October 2009, the world stopped. And it stopped when I heard a song. It wasn't that I had not heard it before, I had, and I'm not going to ask you to play it now because I don't think I could probably cope with it. Um, It was one of Stuart's songs. It's called To See the King of Heaven Fall. Fortunately, it's better also known as Gethsemane. And it describes what Jesus, or tries to describe what Jesus went through in the garden, knowing what he was about to face. There we were in the Anglican Cathedral. We got some of the cathedral lights on. We've got the lights that we've provided for Stuart and the band on stage. I can best describe it as it was the light bulb moment when I suddenly thought, all this is true. It's not just some story that's been written down centuries before, thousands of years before, it is true. I would say the light changed, and it was nothing to do with the Anglican Cathedral authorities, and it was nothing to do with the control panel in front of me. It just changed. Now, at the same time, the Connect group at Phil and Rachel's house was about to have its first meeting. I think it was the very first meeting, wasn't it? That following Tuesday. So after the meeting, I don't know whether you must be, you, of course you're aware of this, Nigel. Um, after that meeting, everybody else went and I stayed. 
and I sat down with Phil and Rachel, and it was pretty emotional, wasn't it? <laughs> You're allowed to say yes. I just said, yeah, I am broken. I am going so far in the wrong direction. I want to turn around, and I want to turn around now. Because I believe in something that I didn't believe in a few days ago. I can't... <laughs> I don't have the ability probably to put it to you in any other way than that. It is something that you know. And now I look back, I can actually see, as I said before, God was working in me for certainly a good number of years, gently nudging me in the right direction. I can look back and say certain things that have happened, I can look back and say, that was you. And that was you there, and that was you there. And actually, you've kept me safe, and you've kept me out of trouble, and you've stopped me doing some things that would have been pretty silly. And I didn't even know it. And he's doing that for everybody, whether they know it or not. Because he's got a plan. Now, you can talk about faith. I'd always believed in Jesus as a historical character. There's a wealth of evidence. There's more evidence, as we saw last week, about the archaeological dig, finding uh, the house and those... um, plasters with the writing on them so it's all there but it goes beyond that things have happened since Um, they're not here unfortunately tonight but I was having a chat with Peter the other week and he put it perfectly I couldn't have put it better myself we were having a discussion and he said when you first converted when you first God first speaks to you you're wrapped up in in a warm bubble. And that's exactly right. That's exactly how I felt. I went home from your house at what? Two in the morning? Couldn't sleep. Got up early. Kind of should have been tired, but wasn't. I was a little bit tired, but I wasn't as tired as probably should have been going into work with such little sleep. And certainly for the next few weeks, I was almost living in a a dream world. I was firmly rooted in, in what I was doing, but something had changed. And then God kind of gently sort of lets you out of his hands a little bit, get back out into the world. And that's when the devil gets on your back and starts, <laughs> you don't really believe this rubbish, do you? Well, yes, I do, actually. And when he first started attacking me, it was quite overt, it was quite crass, if you like. It was easy to see. And I think because of the result, as a result of that, it was actually also easy to say, Meh, get behind me. I'm not looking, obviously I'm not going to talk to you, but just on your bike. And I actually want to look towards God and to Jesus. I think when he realized that I was going to be baptized, all of a sudden, the subtlety of his attack changed. Or rather, it became subtle. It became much uh, more difficult for me to detect until about 10 days ago. And I suddenly realized, hang on. He's at it again. (laughs) But now I recognize that I can do something about it. I also believe God gives you what you need when you need it. Now, I mentioned that I never got to the demonstration up in Preston. And the reason for that is that I got a phone call about 10 o'clock on Saturday morning, literally about half an hour before I was about to set out, and it was 
one of my friend's dads saying that Tim, one of my best friends from school, had died. Um, in the early hours of that morning. Now, that was difficult enough. But I think how much more difficult would it have been had I not now had faith and belief in God and in Jesus. And then I got this huge millstone round my neck. Tim's been my friend since we were 11 or 12. We first met up as we went from junior school into high school. I was his best man. And he's got a young family and a wife. And I thought, I know Tim has never had a sort of Christian upbringing. I think the closest the family ever got to church was Christmas and possibly also Easter. What's happened to Tim? And that worried me. A couple of weeks later, after the funeral, I was talking to Sylvie, Tim's wife, and she said, and I sort of said, I was interested that Tim um, had his funeral service at St. Mary's in Chester. Why is that? And she said, because a, over a, a little over a year ago now, Tim took his daughter, who was a brownie, to the church as part of their service. And Tim was hooked. You can't believe what a, a relief, what a weight was lifted off my shoulders when I realised Tim had already been saved. But God told me, God came to me at the very second he needed to, I needed him to deal with this death. He's done other things since. He's various people. I'm going to ask Rachel, uh, sorry, I'm going to ask Callie in a second. Rachel, you don't need to worry. Um, (laughs) Callie said something to me on Tuesday night. Could you say again what you told me on Tuesday, please? Because... is just amazing. What's even more amazing is that a couple of days before, a week last Sunday, oh sorry, a week ago today, last Sunday, at our prayer meeting here in the evening, Fleur, who unfortunately they're away um, this, this weekend, she said exactly the same thing. 
She didn't say it in quite the same way. It hadn't been expressed to her or she wasn't interpreting it exactly the same way. It was more, well, you're a pharmacist. I don't quite understand how it works, but I know certain drugs are absorbed through the skin. I said, well, yes, they are. That's what's been given to you. And I just think that is incredible. Absolutely incredible. Um, Now, I'm going to shut up in a minute because I could go on and on and on. (laughs) Steve did say it was meant to be an hour and a half. I thought it was actually originally five minutes. And the five minutes must be up. But (laughs) this, this lot was only 50. But... We're okay. Um, But why, again, do I want to be baptised? Again, Phil and I started doing Christianity Explored. I think Phil was amazed that I didn't argue with anything. I think you were possibly expecting a bit of a... And from my point of view, what is there to argue? We can discuss and we we can discuss the sort of theology side of things and all the rest of it, but there is no argument as far as I'm concerned. Um, similarly, with doing foundations, I kind of realise, yes, I need to be baptised, and I want to be baptised now, and that is why I'm here. Turn my life around, repent, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Become a better person, still a sinful person, but a better person. Follow God, follow Christ as best I can. That's why I'm here. That's why I want to be baptised. Please clap. Do something.